first off, I guess to start off, everybody, this is Corbin Kafusi. Corbin, you played, I mean, how many years of football, basketball? <laughs> it's been a weird journey, but in college, I played three years of basketball and three years of football. And in one of those years, I intersected those. That's crazy. Was that yeah. hard? It was, and I didn't expect it to be. More than anything, the weight change was the hardest part about it. Because you were for football, you were bulking up. Yeah. In basketball, you had to cut weight. Oh yeah. You're doing. It's a whole different uh, type of conditioning, right? Oh, for sure. I remember I went back, and I thought I was going to keep my weight for. I thought I'd just be, you know, the big football guy on the yeah. basketball team. But my coach was like, "Oh, you played, you play basketball, and so yeah. you got to be in basketball shape." And so, <laughs> literally, I lost like 25 in two weeks, and it it's was, like a, it's like a UFC fighter, man. No, nice. exactly. I felt like I was cutting for a fight. Oh. Gosh dang. It's funny because it's so much different than in high school, especially out in Missouri, right? And we're, we're very rural where we're at. And so everybody plays every sport, right? Because yeah. if you don't, yeah. you don't have a team. And so for us, you know, you, you, have, you have football, 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 football. You're in the playoffs. And then you, you have a basketball game that intersects that towards the end, you know, for playoffs. You know, your football playoffs intersects with the start of your basketball season. And so that I thought that was weird. Yeah. But I mean, because it's a full-time job, right? So yeah. you go from football full-time job to basketball full-time job yeah there's so many different you know weird little nuances involved and and it's i, I don't think people understand how difficult that is not not only just physically but mentally right i mean because absolutely it was one of those things that i i didn't understand i was just like oh sweet i'm gonna get to play both but then literally after making the transition from football to basketball i was like there was no break and your mind's just going the whole time you know i didn't realize how much you need yeah kind of that mental recovery yeah. between seasons. Yeah. But it was it's still a great experience. Like I'm glad I did it and had that experience because it was it was unique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, unique is the is the the exact word that I would use because <laughs> not a whole lot of people do that. I mean, in high school let alone college. Division <laughs> 1, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like big time division 1. BYU's no slouch when it comes to sports. I mean, um, you know, I was I, I actually talked to, you know, Mark Pope uh, yeah. So Mark, yeah, Mark and I, I, I almost went to BYU to do track, um, okay. but I would have had to wait, uh, until the second semester for my Ecclesiastic endorsement. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. And for me, I could, what did I tell you earlier? I'm, I'm impatient. Yeah. And so you, you found out and they said, Oh, well, uh, we'll match that offer and do this and that. Right. And so oh was, yeah. For me, I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Worst experience of my life. Oh really? Hands down. Now I love Scott Hool. Um, he's he's the head track coach over there. I love yeah. Hool to death. Good guy. The problem is they had a they had a certain coach there, and I'm you know I'm not going to disparage anybody or mm-hmm. throw any names, but um, he did some stuff, and I mean it was it, it was literally um, you know saying here go film yourself. That's all it would because I did high jump. Oh, and he okay, didn't know yeah. anything about high jump. This, oh, this really? certain coach didn't. And so he, he just give you an iPad and say, go film yourself. He you're just on you, your own. Yeah. He texts you oh, and be man. like, Hey, are you going to practice today? And I'm like, what kind of coach? Texts yeah. You and like, says, are you hey, going to make it? Yeah. Well, like, like, Hey, do you want to practice today? I'm like, yeah, let me, give me a workout. Give me something. Yeah. And so I tell everybody that's my second biggest regret was, you know, um, not doing the whole BYU thing. Yeah. Um, just because I know, I know how hard those, those kids get worked and, and it's good, man. It's, they've got, they've got good leadership over there and, you know, and I know a lot of people that have done a lot of sports there, basketball, football, you know, all of oh, it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, yeah. it, you know, you learn, you move on, but no, exactly. um, anyways, man, so, so you grew up in Provo, yeah. correct? You went to Timview high school, Timview. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And you, you played obviously football, basketball up there. Do you play any mm-hmm. other sports? Uh, I grew up to be honest, my favorite sport as a kid was soccer. But we were like, <laughs> we got to the point where a lot of parents were like, your kids are dangerous on a soccer field. Uh, Not because like we were mean, but we're just big bodies. Michelle, your son is six foot five yeah. and he is in the fourth yeah. grade. So but we're afraid for our children. <laughs> and so finally we did. And my dad actually, even though he was a football coach, didn't want us to play football. Are you serious? Yeah. Because he was a coach up at. He was coach at the U for 10 years right. and like BYU for almost 20. And Jeez. so. It was everyone's like, oh yeah, did your dad just make you play football? Like we weren't allowed to play tackle till eighth grade, and even then, like he would discourage football. Serious? Yeah, because a lot of his family started when they were really young, got injuries that yeah. stuck with them, yeah. and he just wanted us to kind of find our own path, which is like I respect that which is because awesome. 
you know, we ended up gravitating to football, but I never felt that he was always like, if you decide to play football, I'll help you, yeah. but I'm not going to make you play just because I did and I coach it. So you never felt any pressure from your parents. What about from like outside sources? Because I mean, obviously, listen, I mean, again, small town Missouri, yeah. I wasn't, they had a thing called Bantam, Bantam football, mm-hmm. which was the, the I don't, Pop Warner out here, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And then they had the middle school football, which was a, wasn't a, they didn't have very good kids, right? But my yeah. dad was the school administrator, and so my dad wasn't about to let me leave the school to go play for this Bantam League, oh, right? Okay, and so yeah. I always had these parents saying, "Oh, you're gonna come play this?" You know, it was outside. Yeah. Um, outside sources asking you to come in, come do this thing, come play with us. So I mean, did you did you have to deal with other parents? You know, trying to convince you to come out and play. What I mean? Oh, for sure, it was. And then I would say me, like I definitely got that, but my older brother got it the most probably because he was kind of the man child growing up. Where he was, I was a late bloomer, and he was the kid that even freshman year of high school, 6'4, 225, you know. And I'm like, I wasn't even six foot when I started high school, so it was just like night and day. Everyone thought I was adopted, but he was the kid where literally parents, coaches calling from all over the state, like, hey, we need your, we want your son to come play this, or hey, come join this like travel team, you know, stuff like that. That's wild. So it was, it was interesting to like see how my parents navigated that for us. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool that they 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 you know they push you to do your own. They didn't push you. They let you do your own thing, like you said. Mm-hmm. They let you figure it out. Go yeah. through, you know go through life, find out what you wanna what you wanna do, what your passion is, and and everything. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't. Even as adults, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't have they they don't know what they're what they want to do. They don't know what their passion is. They don't know what you know they they truly want to do to make a living. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so. Um, yeah, it's that, that's awesome that they didn't they didn't push you for that, especially your dad being so ingrained in football. It's just in his DNA, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, no, exactly. That's his career. Did he play? Yeah, so he ended up he he kind of had a, their family had a crazy story. Immigrated over when he was ten from the islands. You know, didn't play football till his junior year of high school, I think. Jeez. And it was one of those things where like he just grew up playing rugby with all the other Hollies yeah. in the area, and then football coach like asked him to come play and. I thought it was really cool well, because the coach was like, you know, if you're good at this sport, you can go to college for free. And my dad <laughs> thought that was just revelation. Like He went home, <laughs> told my grandma, I know how we're all going to go to school. We're going to play this sport, <laughs> and we're going to get good enough where they'll pay for our schooling. Yeah. And so that was kind of his thing. And he went down to Dixie for a couple of years, transferred to BYU, and then he was at the Eagles for three years. Oh, was he? Yeah. That's cool, man. I didn't know that he that he had played professionally. So yeah. that's awesome. Philly's, uh, it's funny, I actually have to go to Philly next week. Oh, no way. Yeah, Philadelphia, man, that's that's a cool place. It's, yeah. it's, it's always fun talking to people that are in, you know, that have, first off, are Division One athletes. And then, mm. you know, you start talking about, you know, trimming the fat and then you start talking to guys that have been in the league they've been in the drafts they've done all these different things it's a different world right oh so different because all you ever see on the drafts is you you know you see the you see the guys that you know the, the bama kids or whoever that you know mm. that have, that are there in new york for the actual draft yeah. you don't see everything else that that so like guys that are drafted in second third round things like that mm-hmm. um were, did you go draft were you drafted or undrafted so i was undrafted undrafted yeah. so for your friends i mean for any whoever was bronson was he drafted or? yeah yeah so how what explain to me how that like what that situation looks like i mean on draft night is is it just people everybody's just kind of sitting around waiting for a call i mean it's yeah it's and you truly do not know you have no clue and that's you know, a lot of people think they have an idea because literally coaches will say anything. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. It's almost like recruiting. Like, coaches <laughs> yeah. will say anything. And so yeah. I remember for my for Bronze, we knew he was going to get drafted. And so it was just figuring out, okay, where is he going to get drafted? Because in those top three rounds, it's just kind of like yeah. you could go whenever. <clears throat> right. And I remember it's nerve-wracking because there's almost this expectation of, okay, how high do you get drafted? And a lot of people, a lot of sources were like, hey, can we come film the – draft night and we're kind of low-key where it's yeah, like yeah oh, you know yeah we'll just be the family so we're downstairs watching the draft and literally after the first two rounds we're like yeah we're done watching this like let's go eat and we're upstairs eating and the thing is you just get a call and bronson's so like bronson wasn't watching it either no we were like eating chips and oh salsa gosh, and like man. we just see his phone light up and we're like hey someone's calling you like didn't he, like totally forgot about the draft to be honest and he's like oh should i answer this it's a different area code and then it kind of hit like Oh, this oh, it's is draft night. <laughs> this is from Maryland, so this is probably yeah. the Ravens, you know, and so Jeez, that's what ended man. up happening. Jeez, that's cool, man. It's it's always fun to hear the you know the behind the scenes stuff that yeah. people because you see this you know the big sexy stuff with 
you know, the, the 30 different, you know, cameras that are in these guys' homes. And, mm-hmm. you know, you start, you start, you start hearing these stories about how it really happens for a lot of these guys. I mean, you think Tom Brady had a, you know, a big, uh, you know what I mean? Big <laughs> you know, draft really? party. Like yeah. it's, it's just insane. And now he's the greatest football player of all time. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's cool, man. It's, I, I don't know if cool is the right word, but it's, it's, it's something that I don't think a whole lot of people understand or they've ever really thought about no yeah and, and you so, never really know until like you've been through it exactly it's like so many different like my brother's draft day was so different than mine you know it was mm-hmm. just like absolutely you have no idea how absolutely. it's gonna play out absolutely and so so right now so corbin you and, and again we talked about all this you know while we were setting up but yeah. so so give us an update on, on what you're doing right now what your plans are short-term goals i mean yeah go ahead so right now i'm just i was just with the niners and Made it past final cuts, but then we had some injuries, and you know it's just it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And so then I ended up getting released, but I, lo- I really loved it there. Like awesome people, and now once you get released, you just kind of wait yeah. for the next opportunity, you know. Yeah. And so I went and I did a workout for the Giants. You know, your your agents just talking to people, and I'm just here. You just got to stay ready because yeah. literally you have no idea. And it, it's funny because people are always like, "Oh man, I'm sorry to hear you got released," and it's I'm like. That's the job. Like right. you get released all the time. People don't know. I got released three times in two weeks from the Niners. Yeah. Just because like the numbers, they're like, oh, someone went down. We need you back here. Boom, oh, we back. need this. Yep. Yeah. I drove home, got home at eleven thirty one night. Woke up, was at the gym working out when my agent calls and said, "Get on a flight. You're going back." And I so, think I remember seeing a Facebook post about that you made about that. Yeah. I think that I think that might have been it. But yeah, exactly. It was literally I was home for like less than fifteen hours, and then it was like get on a plane and go back. So you're just kind of at yeah. the mercy of it, but yep. it's, it's a fun little adventure. Well, you look at Cam Newton right now, right? I yeah. mean, he gets let go. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just, just, you know, people that it, it's everybody. I mean, it's oh, anybody's yeah. subject to it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to, to see kind of, you know, like I, I keep saying the, 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 the dirty details or the, the, the dark side or the, the behind <laughs> the scenes of, of professional sports. But no, like yeah. you said, man, it is a numbers game. My buddy plays for the Mavericks, Willie Cauley. Oh, okay, and it's yeah. like this, it's the same thing. Yeah. Now, Willie, I love you, Willie to death, but he is one of the laziest people you'll ever meet, <laughs> but he's seven feet tall and he can move, he can fly. I mean, yeah. he's. And so for him, it's he's he's found a way to make his make his career out of it. And, yeah. and Willie, I respect you a lot, but um, you are the anomaly. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's true. Uh, you see those, you know, it's, you know, you and find I, your niche. That's exactly right. Finding your niche. He knows he's not going to get. He knows what it's going to. You know what's going to hurt him. He knows exactly how far to push it. Yeah. How much to give and how much he can slack off. Yeah. And still stay in the league and get his paycheck. So, I, I mean, I respect him for. I mean, it's you yeah. got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, oh, it's, absolutely. Who, who am I to blame, you know, judge someone on how they make their money or, you know, pay their bills? No, exactly. So, it's like if they can get it an easier path than me, like oh, good for them. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. I wish I could do it like that, but not on my yeah. not on my bucket list. Absolutely, man. So, okay, so now growing up, favorite football. Well, did you have was your you said your favorite sport was soccer? Now, as t- did you watch a whole lot of professional sports or did you I mean, not at all. It was weird because and a lot of people will be like, "Oh, do you guys just live yeah breathe you know football all the time and i'm like to be honest you will not see a game on at our house like we're kind of serious we're big into like movies tv shows and like we'll watch the occasional game but my i guess my older brother he's more of a football guy like he followed football a lot closer than i did and my little brother's similar but most of the time, the family, we're just kind of watching whatever's on TV. Like, That's cool. Some people would come over and they're just expecting, hey, is the football, game on? Football, and we're like, football. and we're almost feel pressured. Oh, we should put it on because they think that we're into football, you know? Like, <laughs> like that's, that's what funny, we do, man. but it's definitely, that's like, awesome. there's a time for work and then it's not really our hobby all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's one of the things that I've, you know, I've grown to really admire about your guys' family. Because, again, I, I, I've never met you or your brothers. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I've watched, like, your sister's story. I've seen, your, you know, from yeah. from afar. I've, I've met your mom multiple times. You know, when I was on in law enforcement, we yeah. were up in Provo all the time. And super nice woman. I, You know, I've passed by your dad. Just super, just genuine people. Oh, and man. that's, you don't see that a whole lot. There's a, a people being genuine is not a super common thing anymore. I mean. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, it is so sad. sad. It is sad. And so, you, I mean. If you guys don't follow Corbin, follow him. I mean, do you post more on Instagram? I mean, uh, I'm prob- probably mostly on Instagram. Yeah. So if you guys follow his stories, I mean, I will say, you, dude, you are one of the most positive people that I've ever, <laughs> I've ever met. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, today, right? I mean, today, you, you know, you share that you share the passages, you know, uh, yeah. from Book of Mormon Bible, whatever it may be at that time. Um, 
you know, sharing, you know, workout, you know, videos and things. It's super uplifting. I don't think you've ever posted anything. I haven't ever seen you post anything political or negative. It's, you know, cause it, and, and maybe, you know, and you can speak to this, but I just, I think the way that I see it outside looking in, you can't control, you know, other people, you can't control the way that other people view, you know, the, the, how the governments work. And so you just, you know, all you can do is, is what you can do, spread positivity. And, and man, I think, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, that notice that I know Michael Stillwell. I mean, he, you know, that's, I guarantee you, if I got on the phone without you here, Mike would say that you're one of the nicest people. And, and, oh, and Harvey, Harvey was another one that I had asked. I, good, you know, man. he just said super, just one of the nicest people, you know, talking about you and your brother and, 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 and I've never met your little brother. Is he playing at BYU right now? He's actually at Utah. Oh, yeah. is he really? Yeah. So he transferred from BYU to Utah. Did he? Yeah. How, how old, what, what grade is he in? Uh, he's a junior this junior? year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did he serve a mission? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Where'd he go? He went... We're all spread out, but he went to, it's called the, like, what was it called? The Alpine mission. So Austria, oh. Switzerland, I was like, and Germany. I was like, like Alpine? No, he, I was like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when he read it first, I was like thinking the same thing. I was like, do they know where right? we live? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Out, you said out in, uh, you said that was Australia or Austria? Uh, Austria, Switzerland, Ooh. and Germany. So I bet like he saw all some that, beautiful all places. The Alps. Oh, yeah. He's always Gosh. sending us things. He's like, oh, I served there. We're like, oh, cool. Must be nice. <laughs> and where'd you serve? I was in Korea. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. And I loved it, man. Did you really? I I'll bet you loved... fit in with all those people, huh? Oh, man. I look <laughs> just so like Korean. No. <laughs> but, man, I love Korean people. Like, they're, they're cool, definitely man. my people. That's cool. Did, did Bronson serve? Yeah, he was in uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yep. Yeah, see, I. I, to, I told Mike that's no joke, man. I, I have legitimate arachnophobia, and so I don't, I don't, I, w- I won't go to New Zealand. I won't go to Australia. Oh yeah, won't do it. Freaks Some me scary out. Scary stuff. Yeah, dude. See, I went to Fresno. Oh okay, yeah. So it, Fresno was <laughs> Fresno was no good, man. It's <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it was Spanish speaking, so it's cool being oh, around okay, those yeah. guys. But oh, that's um, neat. Yeah, it's it's just a there's a lot of gang activity and stuff. And oh yeah, that's got to be a little bit nerve wracking. So. It was funny, man. They actually loved the the, the missionaries. I mean, okay, I didn't know if that like everyone always talks about it, like oh, like gangs love missionaries, and th- to hear that from you, who actually like experienced that, that's cool. Well, so in in the other part of that is is I had a companion who had he had played soccer at, at I want to say it was at Utah. His name's Felipe Castaneda, and so he okay. he was very very fluent in Spanish. And I, I just, you know, growing up in Kansas City, Missouri, you know, playing <laughs> basketball, like I was always, you know, in the, I hate saying the streets, but I mean, I'm, you're in AAU all the time. You yeah, know how to yeah, talk yeah. to these guys. You know what it's like. And uh, it's like, okay, it's like if you talk to Fred, because I've heard Fred's conversations with certain people. Yeah. And then you watch Fred talk to guys that are, that, you know what I mean? That, that <laughs> yeah. are with the Niners. And it's, it's just how it is. Oh, and yeah. It's different. Exactly. Very different. And so we went out there and, and I remember it clear as day. We had a, we shared, so we had, it was, we had two, we had two sets of, of missionaries in condos right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I had came in and, and Castaneda, he says like, Hey, don't, don't lock your bike up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're crazy. You yeah. are crazy. We're, I'm Fresno Bulldogs. We're right on the, we're right on the border. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, he goes, I promise you. He goes, elder, elder Williams, do not do it. Do not lock it up. So I was like, whatever. I said, if 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 it gets stolen, I'll tell President Gelwicks. President, yeah, Larry Gelwicks. Oh wait, that yeah. was my mission president. What? So That's super crazy. good guy. He's you know Haloti Nada and all those guys. Yeah, he, he's exactly. super good. He coached all those guys. But um, so I just let it be. The other missionary, same night, locked his up. Didn't listen to my companion or his trainer. We came back in the morning, and those guys had just destroyed his bike, no Take, taking it apart because it was chained up. <laughs> Ch- took the whole, I mean, busted the whole thing up, and yeah. and we came out, and we were like, they're they, then you know, the two older guys, they're the two trainers, they're like, we told you, and the wow. bulldogs came and they replaced his bike, and the kid never locked his bike up again. What? That's it, cool, man. Yeah, and they That's cool. they always they always told, they never really told me, but they told you know my my companion because he's Hispanic, he's Hispanic, and yeah. it's a it's a it's a Hispanic gang. He, they told them that you know if if anything ever goes down, um, let us know. We'll yeah. make sure that you guys are all taken care of. And so, I mean, it was, I just remember riding through there at night on the bikes and, and <laughs> yeah. dude, my first couple of weeks, I was like, oh my gosh, this is oh, crazy. Oh yeah, that'd be edgy, man. They're like, Williams, Castaneda, <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was cool, man, down. but it was scary, dude. It was scary. I wow. mean, but other than that, I mean, for, it's just hot, just muggy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, oh, you, yeah. you know what it's, you know what it's like being out in Cali, but, <sighs> yeah. um, but yeah, man. So, so, okay. So. 
tell me what, uh, obvious, I mean, right now, obviously, you're, you know, you're kind of short-term goals. You're looking at, uh, at just staying ready, correct? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. that's, that's ultimately what it is, right? Yeah, and it's almost this weird limbo where you literally have no idea when you're going to get picked up again. Yeah. Could be within a day, could be within a couple weeks. I remember my first year, like luckily I've been through this before. Yeah. And so my first year, I uh, went through training camp with the Saints and then I came home and I was home for five weeks before I got picked up again. Right. Because it's just, you got to wait for the movement in the league. Yep. You know, there's got to be movement going on. And, you know, I, the first week it's like, oh, this is nice. You yeah. know, I'm going to come yeah. home and see friends and family. And then the second week you're like, all right, my workouts take this much. Like I remember I'm planning every day. It's like, yeah. my workouts take this much. What am I going to do with the rest of the day? Yeah. Like, and I'm not making money. So every dollar that I spend, yeah. like that's in my head. Like, yeah. okay, where am I going to make that up? You know? Exactly. And so you're kind of like, okay, do I get a little part-time job? What do I do? Exactly. You can't commit to anything because literally if your agent calls, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you just like learn to navigate it and just short-term, short-term. Is it, does that, I mean, and you know, you don't have to dive too, you know, super into detail, but I mean, does it, does it give you any, any kind of like anxiety dealing with your, you know, with, with not knowing, I mean, not, Oh, for you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and, and now, not to be like, nosy. Now I mean, that it's, I'm a little more seasoned, like this is my third year. Like, yeah. I'm used to it. And so I know how to deal with it a lot better. But I remember everyone talks about the stress and anxiety. All players will tell you, like, it is the craziest thing. And you don't understand it until you experience it. Right. And I think that's half the battle, especially for rookies, is learning how to deal with the stress and anxiety. Because this is a totally different level of play and preparation and everything. And everything's on the line. Absolutely. Like, I remember the first time I walk in the building and they tell you how much a fine is for being overweight. They can find you 650 bucks per pound. What? And I'm like, you know, as an undrafted guy, it's like, I haven't made any money. You don't get paid until game weeks. And so, like, literally, you're on, like, the little stipend they give you. But, you know, everyone assumes you get money. It's like, oh, no, you don't get money until the season starts. And even then, like, if you're a practice squad or something, you're not making a ton of money. Right. And so, like, there's just all these fines and whatnot. If you get helmet to helmet, like, that's a, that can be up to, like, $15,000. For anybody. Yeah, for anyone. And they might not even call it, but you know, if the league looks at it in the film, oh my they'll gosh. just you'll come into your locker and there's an envelope that's like, you have a fine for this much money. And so it's no just way. crazy. Yeah. So all these things are just piling up as you're a rookie. And so dealing with that Jeez, stress man. and anxiety was probably the biggest, you know, hardship about it. But then once you get it down and you you literally have to realize all you can do is control the controllables. Exactly. You know, you have no idea where you're going to end up, what's going to happen, but you can't just sit around like stressing over it. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to do my <clears> thing. <throat> and if something happens, great. If not, great. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where I'm at now where it's like, you know, I would it be nice to be on a team? Yes. But at the same time, I just do what I can do and see what happens. That's cool, man. It's That's something... And I'm not even going to say that a lot of people struggle with me. And that's something that I struggled with the last, you know, five, six years. Right. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, you get done with college track and you're like, well, and I, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to make any money doing college track. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's like literally less than half a percent of people go on past college to run professionally or jump, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I knew that, you know, that that's not what I wanted to do. And, mm -hmm. but I had no clue what I wanted to do yeah. until like recently. Right. And so, so, you know, I wanted to be a cop and I wanted to be out on the road. Um, but where I, where I ended up is they, you know, they put me in the jail for a little bit and, and I actually just recently got a bunch of calls to go out to the road down to Spanish fork and I'm, I'm kind of debating, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm kind of yeah. debating it, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, you know, thinking about taking that, that pay cut, which is not the right way to be thinking. Right. Because, yeah. and, and that's one thing that I got caught up with so much. Right. Cause growing up, farm, you know, farm town, Missouri. I mean, dude, it was just to send, you know, send me to a $150 camp. I, I never wanted to ask my parents. Oh, exactly. ever. I never wanted to ask my mom and dad for any money. I never asked for lunch money, gas money, and they'd get pissed when they find out that my gas tank was on E or, or I, I hadn't yeah. eaten lunch for a couple of days. And I was like, well, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I manage, I, I do what I got to, I mean, it is, it's fine. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, and so for me, I was like, well, I want my, my kids, I, I never want them to have to worry about that. Yeah. Right. No, for real. And so, but I think I started focusing on the wrong part of that. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause I think kids, they would rather have their parents there Yeah. because my dad, you know, he was a, you know, he's in the state presidency. He's a Bishop, oh, yeah. all these so different things. And he wasn't making a ton of money. So like for me, 
there was there wasn't either side of it, right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm I guess I'll go hang out with some friends. So it was yeah. it was a weird, you know, it was a weird time. And obviously, none of my friends were Mormon. So just, dude, I had a I had a super weird <laughs> upbringing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But I wanted my kids to know, first off, that I'm gonna be there no matter yeah. what. And then the other thing is like I want them to have what they need and what they want because yeah, I I didn't have it. And so it's, I think a lot of people, they struggle with that, with that battle, you know, finding that balance, you know, in terms of a career on, you know, what, you know, what do they want to do versus what do they have to do? And so, oh, yeah. um, in, 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 you know, and I don't know Harvey well enough to, you know, his whole situation. Right. I mean, when he, he was released from the bears, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, I, and I haven't asked Harvey about all that. And, you know, I, and if he wants to talk about it, that's great. But, you know, I just watching it from afar, cause you know that he wants, Football's in Harvey's DNA. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so watching Harvey, it's like you can tell now that he is he's in an awesome place. Yeah. I was at his house the day that he came home and he just kinda had a weird look on his face and and I was like, You all right? He's like, Yeah, man. And it was like three o'clock in the or no, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah. Oh crap, man. Yeah. Like, did he get let go? Yeah. And he looks at me, he's like, Well, um, I got the running backs job. No way. And I was like, oh, oh we all went nuts, dude. That's it was so cool. Man. And and he loves it. He dude, yeah. he loves it. And he's so good at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's so good. He's such a stud. But um yeah, I mean it's it's just always fun to, you know, talk to these guys and see kind of where they're at, where they've been, you know, where they where they're from, where they've what they've gone through and where they're at now. I mean, Jeff Grimes is, you know, his house was right over here. Yeah. Jeff's I mean, and and I talked to Jeff a couple of times, but yeah. Man, it's it's cool to see people find what, you know, what they're, what they're supposed to be doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess for so if, are you married? No, no. So for you, this will be kind of interesting. Cause I've talked to a bunch of people and I always yeah. ask them, you know, what, what do you do? Like, or what can you tell people for, you, you know, these people that don't know what they want to do in their life? Um, I, you talk to these guys that are married and they have kids and their yeah. answer is always different than someone that's not right. No. Oh, and so sure. I'm going to ask you, what would you tell someone that is our age that doesn't yeah. know what they want to do for a career that they don't know what they're, what they're good at? You know, they don't know what they love. I mean, what, what kind of advice, if any, I mean, would you have for someone like that? Yeah. And I think for me, you know, exactly. It's funny because, you know, like you said, like I said, I'm not married. And even though that that's been my goal for years, <laughs> like that's, my dream is to be married with kids and just live the family life. But that obviously hasn't happened yet. And so for finding out what I love to do and whatnot, it it came down to just taking opportunities and kind of taking risk and figuring it out. Because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't gonna play basketball. In fact, I gave up my football scholarship to be a walk-on, you know, just like all these random things. But I realized if I don't try this, I'll never know. And I don't want to have that overhanging thing in the future where it's like, oh, I wish I would have tried. And it's like, literally, I went from football to basketball, back to football, from defensive line to offensive line. But I'm grateful because you just take these opportunities and see where it leads you. And then you come to know for yourself, okay, this is for me or, oh, this is not for me. Yep. And a lot of the times, kind of like what you said, it's a balance of, you know, I make great money doing this or it's the opportunities thing where... Correct. Like for me, I always wanted to be a defensive lineman, but you know, the writing on the wall came and it was like, okay, do I love football because I love being a defensive lineman or do I just love football because I love football? Yeah. And I came to realize, no, I just, I love playing football. I just love the whole, the game as a whole. And so switching to offensive line, once I let my mind recognize that was much easier because I'm not like holding on to, oh man, I wish I played defensive line. It's like, no, if you... If you love something, you're going to do whatever you can to play it or to right, do it. Right. And that definitely changes the way that you prepare and the way that you approach things. Yeah. That's cool, man. I like the idea of, you said, obviously taking risks, right? My, mm-hmm. going back to my dad, he said the same thing. He's like, well, I wanted to be a, you know, I wanted to be a, a nurse. I wanted to be an RN or a doctor, whatever it was. And he's like, well, I just, I didn't know if I could make it happen, you know, when I had my two your two older sisters. Mm-hmm. And he's like, little did I know that was the time to <laughs> be doing it. He goes, but I'm not a risk taker. And he'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not a risk taker. Yeah. And there, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of value in, cal- in taking calculated risks. I think yeah. it's a good, it's a good thing. I mean, if you're just, you know, yeah, forget it. I'm just going to quit this job and go do this. And <laughs> yeah, that, you gotta be, you gotta be smart about exactly. it. Exactly. Right. And so, 
Then the other thing that you said that I really liked is he talked about, you know, these are the best years of your life. I mean, you, you know, how many, barring Tom Brady, how many people in their forties are, you know, are like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still playing or doing what I love. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're able to be in the, the national football league in some fashion right now. I mean, which is, it's amazing. I mean, it's people don't get to, they don't get to experience that. And so I think that you have some gratitude for that. And I think you recognize that better than a lot of people do, mm-hmm. um, to recognize that you're in a, you're in a very, I hate saying a very fortunate position, but I think you know what I mean. No, right? like yeah, you're, absolutely. It's, like to be where I'm at, I'm so grateful for it. Exactly. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'll just, because I know that this isn't, this doesn't come again and it won't like, be for long, mm-hmm. like NFL stands not for long. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. what they always say. Yeah, I'm just gonna ride with it until until it's gone. And then once it's gone, like you have to just realize that it's done. Yeah, that's and tough. And so man. it's that's one of those. Tough. Yeah, you go from you know sport. That's your that's your, what you do your whole life. I mean, yeah. even even in high school. I mean, I can only imagine. I, I imagine you know you because obviously football, basketball. You were just always going, going, going. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to college, go, 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 go. Yeah, the NFL. It's even more. Oh yeah, and then guess how you're making your money, and then all of a sudden it just stops. It that thought is just crazy to me. I yeah. mean, it's so crazy to think about. Um, I mean, you look at like the the career ending injuries. I mean, you look at oh, you know yeah. Shazier, Shazier. How do you say his last name? Ryan Shazier. Shazier. Uh, Shazier. Yeah. Who you know he hurt his back and he was done. Like it's yeah. it can end like that. Exactly. So, um, you know, a lot of people. I think that there's just a lack of gratitude and, and I'm not, it's not limited to any certain kind of people or anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I find myself not being not thankful. You know what I mean? There's plenty of times where I'm like, things are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But it's that want for more, which is, is, uh, it's not a good thing. And I think that's one of the things that I struggle with mm. is, yeah. is I always, I always want more. I always want to get to that next step. Yeah. And, and it's not a terrible just, thing to be ambitious. Right. But, but instead of just enjoying where I'm at and true. enjoying what I have and what's around me. And, and so it's, it's, that's one of the things that I struggle with, but, um, you know, for you and, and, and you can, you know, we can edit this cause this isn't live. I mean, yeah, we yeah. can edit stuff out <laughs> no, of this, yeah. but, uh, no, I'm pretty open if, about if, it. If you don't mind me asking, I mean, if, is, is there a point in your, has there been a point in your life that you felt like, you know, wow, this is a super low, low time. I mean, this is a low point in my life. Very, you know, kind of a dark time. I had that after I got off my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then just recently I had, I had some stuff go down that, you know, for me, that was, that was my time. And, yeah. you know, it's still something that I'm kind of climbing out of. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, cause I mean, you go from, you know, being one of the better, you know, top five, top 10 high jumpers in all of college to yeah. all of a sudden you're done. And it's just, you're down here and you're like, what am I? what am I doing? Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and I, so I definitely hit, in fact, mine is actually more recent too. And it's one of those things where kind of like what you said, college, I was, you know, pretty, pretty decent DN. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, I was like, before the season started, I was projected to be like a, <clears throat> in top three rounds and then had a good season, but I had these injuries and literally had like three, surgeries right after season wasn't able to do the combine and your draft stock just yeah. goes out the window yeah and and then once you get to the nfl like everyone is humbled like yeah. you could be yeah. the greatest player but you're still going to get humbled in some sort of way because you know there's guys like you said that have been around doing this for years and it's just a totally different totally different level of play it's like justin fields this last week i mean he did, <laughs> yeah. did not perform but it's yeah exactly it's crazy like and you, the thing is you still know like you can do it but you just never expected it to be this hard yeah and to have this much pressure and whatnot and then even i think for me one of the things was like just the nfl lifestyle like i'm so grateful for the opportunity to play but you've got to really be on your crap because it is a lifestyle I'd never wish upon anyone. Yeah. Like where you're constantly, you constantly don't know. Yeah. You don't have any job security. You're constantly trying to get better, but there's so much stresses and stuff like guys in the league. That's why, you know, everyone I'd say that I've met in the league to an extent is a good person, but you realize all these things in the news, you know, like domestic yeah. violence, yeah. you know, DUIs, things like sure. that. It's because the lifestyle of an NFL player is just so stressful and anxious like they just find they have to find some sort of 
you know, release. Yeah, which sa- which sounds bad, but I know exactly what no, you mean. Yeah, I think exactly. everybody else does as well. Yeah. Where you just get, you don't know what else to do. And, and Exactly. And so they act out because that's the only way they know how to deal with this pressures. And there was times where like I felt almost the same where, you know, you get so low because it's just such a grind and you just feel like, oh, I need to do something. Yeah. And so I kind of went through that phase for sure where, you know, I was, I was living like, faithfully but at the same time sure, sure. i was living a half-life it's yeah. like okay like i almost used the uh <laughs> i always told myself i'm never gonna leave you know the gospel sure because it's sure. deep rooted right but I, that almost became instead of a positive that became a negative because it's like oh because i know i will never like maybe let's see how far i can go you can, yeah you toe the line exactly yeah and so that's kind of what came to me and then up until recently you know some stuff went down in my life where literally it was like you either go down or yeah. you go back yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And so when I hit that point, that's where like it sucked and a lot of everything came crashing down. But at the same time, I'm grateful because it was kind of like God yeah. kicking me in the head saying, Hey, yeah. you know where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Like take this as the opportunity to come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's for me, man, it's, it's something that, um, you know, not to, not to get, church or anything because i'm not so i'm not active in the church or yeah, anything yeah. but uh you know all my family is right so i'm, I'm i am around it quite a bit but yeah. it's for me it's i i have a hard time relying on the testimony of you know my of my parents oh, for which sure. is what i did all growing up yeah, right same. and uh <laughs> and so for me it was you know i in my mind i'm like i'll never say oh you need to give me a sign i need to see something yeah i'll never do that right mm-hmm. but it, 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 for me, it's like, I need to, I have to see something. And, and even right now, I mean, you, there's a lot of people that, 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 that I've talked to mm-hmm. and, and maybe there's a lot of people that listen that don't know this, but I actually mentioned it on another episode. Um, you know, I kind of touched on it for me, man. I, it got to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm up in the cam, I'm up the Spanish Fort Canyon. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I, t- I took a, it sounds morbid and it sounds terrible. And this is like three years ago, four years ago. I, you know, I had a, I sat there with a gun for six hours in the back of my truck and I was just, you know, just bawling, just, yeah. you know, show me anything, show me, show yeah. me any sign. Right. And so for me, you know, nothing happened then, but you know, the fact that I, that nothing happened, right. Yeah. It, I think that there was, there's some merit to that, but, yeah. um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's for me, you know, it's trying to find what that kick in the pants is to get you back, you know, back focused, yeah, even if it's exactly. not in the church. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. If, just, just like in general. Yeah, man. And to and, who, you know, you're supposed to be. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and my wife will listen to this, dude, we've had, we've had a, we've had a hell of a year. I mean, it's, yeah. we, it has been a super tough year and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, and I, I'm starting to think that that, that might be kind of the, uh, the, Hey, wake up. Did your, going down a very, very, very bad path, which yeah. I, which I was. Um, but dude, she's, she's been awesome. Just super grateful for her. Um, yeah. just bearing with me. Oh, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Because no, I think yeah. a lot of people could have been like, okay, that's cause I didn't tell anybody about the whole, you know, sitting up there in the Canyon. No, yeah. I didn't tell anybody about that for years. Yeah. People don't know that. No, a lot of people go through that. They have yeah. those moments. They think everything's good. I mean, you look at, so oh. it's funny. I was listening to a thing about junior say today and, yeah. and he had, you know, he had shot himself and, yeah. and I'm like, you know, all these, all these guys that I'm watching all these interviews and these guys all thought that everything was all good. Even his, yeah. his NFL friends thought that everything was all good. Yeah. And you know, my friends growing up, man, they, I was a joker, you know, well, Riley, I dare you to go do this or That's that. And me, I go bro. do it, man. That's me. And everything is all good. And, you know, then. Yeah. And so when they hear about that stuff, they're like, are you, are you okay? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I never asked. I'm sorry. Yeah. I never asked if everything's all good. And so for me, you know, I'm like, yeah, everything's good. But I've, I've made it more of a point to, to ask people and, and, and just anybody. Like yeah. I was telling Mike, I got a bunch of Navy SEAL friends mm-hmm. who it's amazing how these guys, I mean, they've they've done all these things, you know, they've, they've, they've shot people, you know, not yeah, to sound heavy. Yes. Heavy, some heavy, heavy stuff. Heavy and I, things. and then they're retired, you know what I yeah. mean? But I, I call them and I'm like, Hey, like everything good. Yeah. And you ask these guys of something, you know, Hey, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You would be, you would be shocked at how many of them say, no, yeah. no, I got this going on or I got this going on. Yeah. And I just, so for me, you know, I've, I've made it a point to just, just ask people, right. Yeah. Just randomly ask, Hey, you good? Oh, for sure. Cause dude, the first time, 
it was funny the first time that or when I first started having these issues, you know, with yeah. this last year, my boss, he, he hits me up after a zoom call with our, we have our whole sales team and he goes, he's like, Hey, is there, you all right? Mm-hmm. And dude, First time anybody's ever asked that, and I just started bawling. Oh, yeah. And my boss was like, whoa. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you all right? Yeah, no. <laughs> dude, sure. I'm like breaking down. I like can't compose myself. And yeah. dude, it was, a, it was a weird time, right? Because no. people, they don't, they don't, they just don't, they don't realize it. They don't realize that other people go through that stuff. And Oh, 100%, bro. And so I, I don't know. It was, it's a weird time. And so for me, I mean, nobody's excluded from it. Yeah. I mean, no, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's absolutely. It's something. It's crazy, man. And and then you start seeing people that have these that have real struggles in their life. I mean, you look at your sister, man. I mean, yeah. it's is she does she is she still dealing with her with the? So she still goes in to get checked, but it's you know it's one of those cancers that will never be gone. So like literally, <laughs> the doctor's like, it's not a matter of yeah. if you're gonna be like free of cancer. It's just when it's gonna kill you type of thing are so, you serious so yeah it can come back at any time in her life you know she'll have it forever what kind of cancer uh, is it it's non-hodgkin's lymphoma and so it's one of those things like Jeez. it's been a miracle that she's made it as far as she has without any big like flare-up since that first yeah man time because she was supposed to die like i'll be honest she was supposed to die and that was a huge just you know gut punch to the entire family but the fact that she not only survived but she's gone as long as she has without any you know the cancer coming back has been just a miracle is it so is it scary to do i mean being her brother i mean protector i mean is it is it scary to to think about that I um mean, yeah it's one of those things where i've come to especially when i was younger like i came to accept it really because at first i had such a hard time with it and like people that know me and my sister like we're very different and they like they look at us now and they're like oh we're really close yeah but it was almost like this huge blessing in disguise because we hated each other growing up. Are you serious? Absolutely hated each other. She was really close to my older brother. He goes on his mission and then she gets cancer. And it was like one of those things where like, even though we kind of hated each other, even though I wasn't like big into my sister, it's still like, this is your sister. Yeah. Like she's gonna, she'll, she will die. Yeah. And I struggled, but at the same time, it gave me the opportunity to kind of come back into her life. And then we became best friends because of it, you know, because that struggle together. And yeah, now it's one of those things where, you know, if it comes back, it comes back and we just handle it. But yeah, you, you're just grateful for every day, you know? That's tough, man. Like it's for me, I hate saying, you know, that I've had an easy life, but I've never really, you know, had much of a huge struggle. I I had a friend kill himself in high school, but I mean, other than that, man, never really had a whole lot of things like that in my life. You know, people you know i've never my family they you know nobody have never really had a you know big death in the family or anything mm-hmm. like that and so um i think until people have to start coming face to face with stuff like that they don't you know they i, I think once they come face to face with that they discover a, a different side of themselves yeah um you know it's like for me you know because i'm not super close with with my sisters either but i think mm-hmm. if something like that were to happen which is a horrible thing to say but like yeah, if something yeah, like that happened that, i think all of a sudden it'd be like oh crap like i need yeah. to i need to get right with with them i mean it's because yeah. you never know man you never know when it's the last time you'll see someone my, my grandma she died like three three years ago and, and my grandpa we just left his house last night and i looked at him before i left and i was when i'm not i'm not super close with him but i was like yeah mm-hmm. I'll give him a hug and tell him I love him before I leave because yeah. you don't, you just don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. Which is, uh, I think it does scare a lot of people, like yeah. people that don't have any belief in life after mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I guess that kind of goes back to, you know, being in the darkest place, you know, of your life. Yeah. Uh, where, so where where did you how do you how do you pull yourself up out of that? I mean, how, and and you can you can be as no, be yeah, all, yeah. as as religious man, please. Oh, okay. So for me. Like I'm, it all happened like on a specific day and literally like the world came crashing down and I remember laying there in my bed and I'm pretty sure a lot of people, and I'm sure like this is how it was when you were with your truck, you're just sitting there and you know, you kind of go through the phases where at first, like the first hour I was laying in bed, I was hurting. Yeah. And then after that, you just feel this was the worst part for me for hours. You feel nothing yep. like this numb nothingness, like an empty black hole. Like anything could happen. You'd be like, man, whatever. Yeah. It's like, I would rather be hurting cause that's a feeling, but yeah. now I'm just completely numb to everything. 
and you just wish you didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, and I remember sitting there and just feeling that for hours, you know, and it's like, I can't, I can almost not, I can't cry tears anymore because I'm nothing. There's like, nothing I, left. Yeah. I wish Empty. there was, I wish I didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there just like, how do I get through this? Yeah. Like, will I get through this? I don't want to, you know, yeah. it seems almost better if I just disappeared. Yep. And then literally like, <laughs> I remember, you know, all growing up, it was the same thing. Like, you know, you, you can't, I was living off other people's testimonies sure. on faith and whatnot, sure. but I still just remember like, what if, <laughs> and at the time, you know, I'd, I didn't, I believed in God, but I wasn't doing anything to show sure, that. And so sure. my belief wasn't strong and it sure. was almost not even there. But I was like, in my head thought, what if this so-called God could help me? And I sat there and I was like, and I kind of just let that go. But then to be honest, like I was, I was hoping I'd just, you know, disappear into nothingness yeah. and just yeah. evaporate, evaporate. And then the light comes through my window and it just hit me. I was like, it's the next day. Yeah. Like the, the next day comes no matter what I went through, the day is going to come. Yeah. And for me, it was, if there's anyone that could help me, it would be this supposable God that I have learned that I grew up believing in, but at the same time having my struggles, knowing if he's really there. And so once I just had even that little bit of like, hope that through him I could come out of this, that's kind of when I was like, okay, like I'll do whatever's necessary. And so then it was just, you know, it's not like a total, all right, I'm out of it. It Exactly. Literally so slow. And there's so, you know, like you said, there's so many tears, there's so many nights of uncertainty, but you literally just take one crawling step at a time and you're going to slip back. But at the same time, you just keep on working. Yeah. Man, that's, I love that. I love the, and, and regardless of what people believe in, I mean, they, yeah. you know, whatever religion, it, it is what it is. I think there, I think, I think it's important for people to believe in that higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still in that phase where I'm trying to figure it out, yeah, but yeah. I like what you said there where you, you said, you know, op, you know, obviously not I, the people that I'm talking to right now, nothing's really helping me get out of this. So if, if there's someone that can, this would be it. This higher power would be it that could pull me out of this hole. Yeah. Um, and so that's cool, man. I guess that's where it comes in, in handy, you know, or it comes in handy. Is that the, am I yeah. saying that right? It comes <laughs> yeah. in handy to, to have your parents testimony, right? Something to yeah. fall back on, but, um, that's cool, man. It's thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's no, I, yeah. a lot of people, they don't, you know, I hate saying, Oh, a lot of people don't get, don't realize this, but it's true, man. I mean, oh, yeah. people think that, Dude, growing up, I never thought anything about mental health. Oh my gosh, no, nothing about mental it, health. It's, it was almost the opposite. Where so you better not think about it, or else you're going to be weak and labeled. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. You tell better it. not say a word about it. I'd have never told. You better make my, jokes about it right. because it's hilarious. You I know? never would have told any of my buddies if I was having an issue in high school. Oh yeah, and never. Yeah. Um, even if they were having issues, there's a good chance they were going to start giving me crap about it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and so. Yeah, man, it's cool. We're we're dealing with a comedian. It's actually a friend of his. His name's Jack Vale. He does a bunch of pranks on YouTube, and oh, he has nice. a he has a suicide awareness thing for See, teens, right? Me. It's yeah. an organization that that helps them, you know, start realizing it's okay to talk to these other teens that are in this organization. Yeah. So, because that's all it takes, yeah, someone to talk to. That's exactly right. And yeah. and I've tried to talk to the you know some therapists and things like that, and some of them were okay, but. Uh, some of them were better than others. No, obviously, I, exactly. No, I've um, gone through the same thing. <laughs> you know, and just having people there is is super helpful because mm-hmm. when, when my dad found out, my dad and my mom they found out about that issue that I had with the the canyon. Mm-hmm. This was seven eight months ago. They found out about it. I told them, yeah. dude, they got on they got in their car from Missouri and drove out here for three to, two days. Yeah, and they would just to take me to breakfast at Neaters on a Saturday, yeah. and then they got back in their car and drove home. And I'm like, dang, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like. I'm I'm not totally alone. Like if something, regardless of what happens in this life, yeah, I can I can talk to someone at the very least. Yeah, I can talk to someone, get it out, and and you know I think that's my issue with, you know, with God or with religion is is I up to this point, you know, I've never really had it feel like someone is also communicating back to me. Yeah, do you know what I mean? No, for sure. I feel you know for me I felt like oh I'm I'm throwing on saying all this all this. You know, I'm throwing all this stuff out there, but I feel like nothing's getting returned back. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, I, maybe it's not uh, him talking to you that that's how he responds. You know what I mean? Oh, you got your absolutely. kids, you got all these opportunities and everything like that. And you're like, okay, they say God works in mysterious ways. Maybe this is what's going on, right? No, yeah. So that's how it was for me, to be honest, because. You know, I in the same way I was like, I want him to tell me like what to do, yeah, tell me how to get over steps. this. Yes, but it was one of those things where literally, I take a little step, and it's not like he'd tell me something, but then something would happen, yeah. and it was almost like there's you know when things start happening in a certain, I don't know what's the word like just boom 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 all aligned. Yeah, it's like there's not a coincidence. And that was kind of the big tell for me where it's like, that was not because of anything I did yeah. or anyone planned for me. Like there was something, there's something more to yep. the way that life is starting to pan out. And yep. that at least for me, it was like, okay, then maybe that's him saying something, yeah. you know, like these situations lining up, exactly. people coming into my life that I would have never expected. That That's the big one, man, is, yeah. is you, and, and not the biggest one, but I mean, it's a big one. You start meeting yeah. people and you're like, I would have why would I have met this person so randomly? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, it doesn't make any sense. And then it's, you know, and that's one of the things I, I haven't shown a whole lot of gratitude for, you know, how fortunate I've been to, to know people and Harvey, I love you. But I, dude, when I came out to Utah, I was throwing Harvey's name around to everybody just trying to, yeah. that's how I got my job at action target. Yeah. It's hey. no joke. I was like, yeah. they were asking me, they go, Oh, who's your role model? Who, who's someone you really look up to? Yeah. I was like, Harvey Unga. Yeah. And I mean, Harvey and I, we kind of knew each other, but not like we do now. Yeah. And Mike Stillwell was like, <laughs> you know how well connected yeah, he is. Like, oh, I, love so I, I love Harvey. I love Harvey. You know, I work, I, I do security for the Ronies and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things yeah. where, you know, I started talking to Harvey and, and Harvey, I've never told you that story, but just FYI, you are, <laughs> you are the reason why I know who I know now. But, um, yeah, man, I've, I've, and People, they've been so gracious to me, you know, coming yeah. from Missouri, com, you know, being out here in Utah, um, especially, you know, not being active. I mean, I very easily could be shunned, especially out here in Utah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But they've, man, people, there are some people that are within the church that, that might shun you. But, dude, it's the same way with people that are out of the church. They, they might not talk to people that are in the church. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... I, I don't know. It, Utah's good, man. It's a good place to live. There's there's a ton of good people. Exactly. There's good people. There's way more good people than there are bad people. Yeah. Right. And that's one thing that I, like, I think one of the biggest things, like, after this all happened to me, you yeah. know, is I was like, I'm, I thought, I was like, I'm going to be shunned. You yeah. know, like, I'm going to become that person. And even to my family, I remember I had a hard time telling them, well, not a hard time telling them. I knew I was going to tell them, like, yeah. all this stuff going down. But I was like, how are they going to react? Yeah. And I remember I told them, and literally, like, I tell them, I go down into my room, put a pillow over my bed, head, laying there, and I'm just like, all right, now I can just feel all the hate from everyone. Yeah. And literally, like, my siblings all walk in my room, like, oh, and they're like, well, we love you, you know that, right? Yeah. And, like, and I, I could not control it, man. I, that's where I broke down, and to think that, you know, no matter what I did yeah. and who yep. I was, that there's people that still care. Yeah. And that was something that, you know, you always talk about that. Like, Correct. hey, man, I love you no matter what. Or, hey, I'm with you no matter what. But then to actually get to that low and see that actually is true, yeah, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. And that was the that was the cool. Yeah, I totally agree. I yeah. mean, you know, when you start seeing people are like, well, you know, my parents, they knew. They were like, oh, yeah, we... We knew because so I, you know, I, so I drink, I don't drink heavy or anything like that, but I mean, yeah. I, you know, I have, I have, you know, I drink every now and then and, mm -hmm. and I always made it a point because I, I think my parents knew, but I really didn't want them to see. So I'd go hide it <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. when they come over and try to be respectful of it. And yeah. so once dad, you know, they came over and, and you know, dad, we started talking about it and dad's, he's like, duh. Like I, I know. Yeah. He goes, do you, you know, they're, they're like, do you think we love you any less? Yeah. And I'm like, wow. You know, I've never really thought about that, but I guess not, right? Exactly. And so, um, you know, that's that's my biggest downfall, man. Is I I really I worry a lot about what people think of me. No, yeah, and, and I think everyone does, though. Yeah, and, and especially nowadays, oh, dude, the world we live in—that's the worst thing. Holy crap, that's exactly right. I yeah. mean, Danny, my, my wife Danielle, she she says the same thing. She's like, you have to stop caring yeah. what people think, 
and you got to just do you. And she's, you know, she's like, you can't fix anything until like, you can't fix the marriage. You can't do any of that until you fix yourself. You have to start liking yourself. And I'm like, how do you just start liking yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wake up and you're like, you look in the mirror and it's just like, you know, it's first off. I mean, cause you understand it. It's like a, it was a battle. Just, just waking up and moving out of bed. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, I really, I just, I don't, I, and whatever could, I mean, if, whatever could go down today and I'd be fine with it. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oh, so, absolutely. um, yeah, she's just like, you have to like yourself before yeah. you can fix anything else in your life. And which I think is true. You, you find the, the root of the issue and you mm-hmm. fix it. Everything else starts to kind of work its way, you know, work its way out. So, yeah. um, but yeah, man. So anyways, to kind of take a 180 degree shift here. <laughs> yeah. Let's so do it. I was curious because obviously, I mean, you, you're, you're fairly religious. Yeah. Um, what was it like your first time being around? Cause I mean, you went, so you went, you went to BYU. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that you get some guys that aren't, you know, all, all about, you know, the church or whatever, which yeah. is, t- which is fine. But you go from the, from BYU to NFL locker rooms, you're around guys that, you know, at all these different events. What is that like? Cause do you know, Andrew Rich? Yeah, yeah. So Andrew Rich, he worked, or he, he, my uncle coached him up at, I think it was Bonneville. No way, yeah. yeah. He's and a legend, so, man. So I, I like Andrew a lot. He won't remember me because he met me when I was like sixth grade. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I, so I, Andrew was telling my uncle about, that t- you know, when he first got into the league, he was just like, and I think it was the Cardinals. Okay. But he, dude, he just said that it was just, he, just the conversations that were going down, the stuff he saw. He just, he couldn't believe it. It looked like it was something out of a movie. No, yeah, one hundred percent, and that's why, like, I, I tell people that as much as I am grateful to be in the NFL and the, the fact that I have a job, yeah, it is not a place where you want to be, yeah, because certain locker rooms, certain people, yeah, it's literally the worst of the worst in conversations, and it'll it'll kill your soul, yeah, you know, if you're not careful, it'll it'll take your soul away, yeah, and so that was that was a big change, yeah, and. There was times where it worked in both ways, though, for me, <clears throat> because growing up here in you know Provo, Utah, yeah. you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh yeah, it's fine. But it was almost worse for the fact that when you did, like, some of your best friends are doing all these things behind the scenes. Yeah, yep. And so you're like, oh, but they're still considered a good kid, correct? But they're getting away with it, correct? And even at BYU, you know, like, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes. Oh yeah. And so. Like you're like, oh, I can kind of get involved because yeah. you know, I can get away with it type of thing. Correct. Whereas like <laughs> when that you get to the NFL, it is such a jump in the magnitude of all that. It's like you can't <laughs> you can't go to that because that's a huge jump. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're going zero to a billion. You're not dabbling anymore. Like yeah, you're, it's you're, not a dabble. It's like you're in, you're yeah. in and it's as bar- bad as it gets. And so for me, some of the times it was good because it it made me go back to being like, okay, like these are my values yeah. types of yeah. things. This is my standard. Yep. But at the same time, just being around that though can still, you know, yeah. kill your soul a little bit. Yeah. It makes me want, I mean, you know what I mean? It makes you wonder, you know, you see guys like Dirty Dan, right? Dan Sorensen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. man, I'm a Chiefs fan through and through. Like, I, oh, yeah. man, I bleed red. I've wanted to meet Danny for a long time. Dude. I, I mean, his wife and I, we follow each other on Instagram. But okay, dude, yeah. Dan is a freaking stud. Dude, I, I'm one, one of these I'll days, introduce you, you, man. Are, you need to He's, introduce me to Dan. I love Dan. My sister got to meet him. They were out at the temple out in Kansas City. Oh, yeah? And he met he met Dan and his wife, and she's like, are, are you are you Dan Sorensen? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like the day before a game, and yeah. he's like, yeah. And so they got to talk to him. And so, dude, he's a super good guy. So it makes me wonder. So so Andy Reid was in my my parents' stake when, oh, they, okay, when they were yeah, in yeah. Missouri. And so, you know, all the, all the events, they get Andy to come speak. And, <laughs> yeah. And... So I guess it's nice that Danny kind of has someone that he can kind of confide in that knows what he's about, knows what his family's about. Exactly. But then guys like Fred, I mean, you know, because Fred, he seems like a super solid dude. I don't know. Oh, very like I solid. said, never met him. I've just mm-hmm. heard conversations here and there. But I mean, how how are these other, I mean, and maybe you can't speak for him, but how are these other guys dealing with it? I mean, if they don't have another member on the team or whatever it may be, yeah. that's got to be hard. No, absolutely. And so I was... I feel like it's been a huge blessing in my life that I've had people yeah. that have always been like religious, whether they be, you know, members of my faith or other yeah, faiths. Yeah. Like that's the cool thing is despite all the stuff that you can hear in the locker room and whatnot, you can find those guys that, you know, they have their heads on straight. Correct. And yeah. you can kind of bond with them. Yeah. 
And so that was a huge thing for me because, you know, you're kind of getting beat down every day with all this other crap. But then to see, okay, no, he uses his faith to get through it. Like that means I should probably do the same. And you look at these guys, I mean, it's, and not to, not to say that, oh, you know, these, these, you know, the Mormons in the NFL are leading the way, but dude, you look at guys like Taysom again, another guy I've never met, yeah. but he's all, he also seems like a freaking stud. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's very much so looked up to on his team. Yeah. Dan Sorensen, Taran Matthew the other day was saying he's the hands down between LSU, uh, Arizona, Kansas city, the best teammate he's ever had. Yeah. He never gets down. He's always helping everybody else stay positive, even with how much the Kansas City's defense is struggling. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Like it's no, yeah, exactly. they're they're always someone. They're always those guys that they can rely on. They can you know they can talk to if something's going wrong, and mm-hmm. and at least that's how it looks for me. And you know, one of these days, I'll when the podcast gets bigger, I'll talk to Taysom. I'll talk to <laughs> whoever it may be, and I just you know get a get a feel yeah. for you know how they approach things because it seems like these guys are ingrained in there like it seems like they are an inner very integral part of their team yeah not just from an athletic standpoint oh yeah from a you know a moral mental emotional it seems like they are their rocks within their, their these organizations man and oh, so absolutely um i mean jeremy guthrie i mean he yeah. he was uh he's a pitcher for the royals mm-hmm. same thing i mean yeah. just a super solid guy and he just finished up his you know he was a mission president over <sighs> i don't know where he went but just awesome people man i mean yeah. they're they're not I don't know. It's for those of you that think Mormons can't can't do sports. <laughs> come to Utah. Come hang out at Vasa or go to a BYU open gym, whatever it may be. You will you will be surprised, dude. My first time out here, I went and played basketball with. Uh, oh, who was the younger Hawes boy? Little skinny oh, redhead TJ? kid. Did you, uh, was it TJ that played yeah, with Frank? Was, yes. Yep. Teach man. Dude. No offense, and and I don't know TJ. We just we just played a little. <laughs> okay. I thought he was the nerdiest looking kid ever. I was like, "There's no freaking way." I'm like, "I don't want like him on my creature, team." Man. Like, yeah, who is this dude? that's what I'm saying. And so we had him, and then Frank was uh, he was he was playing on his team. I'm like, "Okay, there's a black kid. I'm from Kansas City. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guard this kid." Yeah, Pfft, dude. You know Craig Cusick? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They baptized us, dude. They oh. were so and these they were in high school. Yeah. And then I get done, and I talk to my uncle, and he's like, "Oh, what?" Oh, yeah, they go to Lone Peak. He's like, they're like one of the top five schools in the nation. Yeah. yeah. I said, oh, okay. Because, dude, I have never seen a couple white boys play yeah. the way that those guys played. Oh, yeah. Especially teach, man. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. They yeah. just go at anybody. Yeah. It's Anyone. Just like, I love watching him because of that. Like, he has no regard. No regard. Yeah. It doesn't None. care how much people think he's unathletic or how athletic that person across from him. Like, he'll put it on him. Yeah, man. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's, what's he doing now? Do you know? I think he was playing in Europe last I heard he? there or yeah. And so I'm not exactly sure. And I know him and Ty do have like an AAU team, which is pretty awesome. That's awesome, man. Cause That's I awesome. was, I was, you know, blessed to play with both of them and they're just solid dudes. Yeah. Both great players too. That's cool, man. Yeah. They, uh, what's Jimmer doing? Jimmer. He, is he still so over he was, in China? He was in China, but I thought he was I getting think he a might shot. Have gone to Europe, like oh, to did Greece he? or somewhere. Nice. Yeah. And so he's probably in one of those upper leagues over there, which and, is super cool. And Charles Abuo, is he still in Egypt? Do you, Last I heard he was in Egypt, Egypt, but it's been a minute. That kid had the biggest hands. I remember him. Dude. He was like Kawhi. I was like, well, who the freak is this, Bro, man? I would give up height for hand size when it came to playing basketball. He was so athletic, dude. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But, yeah, man, it was. it's it's always fun coming out and, you know, you get you get humbled. Like you said, you get humbled very quickly. You <laughs> yeah. know, back, back home, I... I never had to shoot the ball. I could always just drive and go go dunk on someone, whatever. But yeah. out here, you had to, you had because everyone can, everyone's athletic. And then yeah. you start playing against polys. If if you guys have never played basketball <laughs> against athletic polys, there's nothing harder. Oh man, it's annoying, dude. <laughs> so last story before we leave, but we uh, we I was playing in a, in a city league with Harv, oh, okay. and you know how even kill uh, Harvey is. Super yeah. nice guy, but you get him on a football field or something, or you get him fired up. Oh, watch out. Yeah. This kid started saying something to me and the kid like cheap shot me like on the free throw line. The oh, first, shoot. first free, it was an, it was a one on one. And so yeah. we're sitting there, I'm in the middle and Harvey's right across from me. And I, I go across and this kid just takes his elbow and hits me right here. And I like, oh. can't breathe. And so Harvey's sitting right across from me and he looks at me. He's like, you good? I said, yeah, dude, next free throw comes up. He makes it. Harvey sprinted across the lane. Just, just shouldering this guy's, this guy's, I mean, just into his shoulder. Guy goes falling down on the baseline, and he's like on the ground. And Harvey oh, doesn't yeah. say a word to him. He just daps me up, and 
away we went. I was like, man, I'm so glad that wasn't me. Yeah. So, so every time I went and played ball after that, I found the polys and I found Dude, them. And exactly. I was like, hey, Don't play against these, I'm like, play these, my, these are my boys. So if something goes down. Oh, 100%. Do you know Tofi Felicia? Yeah, yeah. So Tofi, I love Tofi to death. Yeah. And he was like my guy at, at basketball when, okay, I was, yeah. when I was playing track. I was like, if something went down, Tofu was like, hey, I got you, man. Dude, no, <laughs> he'd go, exactly. He'd go get, make sure that nothing went down. Nobody's going to fight Tofi. I mean, yeah, yeah. Tofi and his boys. So it was good, man. Token white boy out there. It was fun. I love that, bro. It was fun, man. But okay. So, I mean, last question, dude. What's, what's, what's on, I mean, say, not to be that guy, but say, no, say yeah. football doesn't work out. I mean, what, what, yeah. do you, what do you, what do you want to do? And, you know, for a career, I mean, that's a great question. Um, so in school, I studied statistics and like data. And so I interned at a couple of the tech companies here in Utah as a data analyst. And, and I was surprised how much I enjoyed that. And so really? I definitely would, I'm not saying like, that's what I love to do, sure. but it's one of those things where I'd love to get into, you know, the, the tech business and the, the data farming and whatnot yeah. and kind of use that then to get to the next yeah. point. Cause I think kind of like what everyone, especially nowadays, it's, I want to have financial freedom. Of course. So like whether that turns into me owning my own business, you know, whether you go through real estate, all these other things, it's just finding that pathway yeah. from there. Yeah. And so, you know, I love football and it's great, but, you know, football doesn't define who I am. Yeah. And it took took me a long time still learning how to like process that. Yeah. It's like, no, this, I'm not just a football player. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, using my skills, finding what skills I have whether from football or other things Correct. to use after that's going to be that's awesome man that's awesome well man i appreciate it and like i said i mean hey you tell dan hey anytime he wants to come on we'll, <laughs> yeah I'll, hey, tell I'll, dan. Dude, I'll, fly, I'll fly out to kansas city it doesn't matter <laughs> i know plenty of places we'll go but no man it's and that's the other thing tell dan to put you out on kansas city's offensive line because it, it is terrible <laughs> it's terrible Some dude struggles <laughs> oh my gosh but no, Corbin, man, I, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, one of these days, you know, I'd love to do, you know, have if you and your brother out in Utah, call yeah. me up and let's, let's get together. It'd be fun to watch you, you know, it's always fun watching all the brothers and watching all these, you know, every, like, so like the seals watching them just oh, kind of banter to yeah, it's, it's crazy, bro. So I love, We're I mean, wild it would be hilarious <laughs> to have you guys get on. I mean, we'll, we'll do another episode and, um, I'll give you my number. Let me know. Just hit me up and, and we'll do it. So but thanks, I, brother, man. This is awesome. Brother. <laughs>